Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I think there's a question um, that all of us have deep down, and it's almost like a fear that we all have deep down, whether we have faith or not. And the kind of fear is this, will I have enough? Will I run out? You know, will I be able to provide for me and for my family? And whether you have faith or not, I think that fear grips us at times. And whether you're a lone parent and and income's really tight, or whether you have lots of money, that fear of will I have enough? Will it run out? Will I be able to provide? Is a very real issue. And I think right now, like in our context, you know, we're all kind of thinking, where's money going? Inflation rising, you know, petrol. And we're at that point where uneasy, awkward jokes are coming out as well, aren't they? Like the one that, that I saw on Facebook. I went out for an expensive night out last night. Where did you go? I went to petrol pump number five, you know, or, or that kind of thing where it says, it's so bad that, that many of us are cutting out holes in the bottom of our cars and channeling our inner Flintstones. And some of you young people haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. YouTube it, Flintstones, they're amazing. And we get that awkward little thing, or we get that other awkward thing where we say, well, money's relative. I mean, at least we're not Ukraine right now. At least we're not in Ukraine, or at least we're not in other parts of the world. And whereas that's true and valid, it's still a question that all of us have to get to grips with. Have I got enough? Will I run out? Will I be able to provide? And if we're a follower of Jesus, will God come through when we need Him to come through? Will He provide for us? And you know, much of worry and anxiety is based not on today, but on tomorrow, right? It's like based on what will happen tomorrow, what will happen beyond, you know? And and our worry and anxiety is about tomorrow, often not about today. And Jesus spoke a lot about this because Jesus knew that there was a connection between our worry and our anxiety about stuff with the big issue in Jesus, which was the heart and trust. Do we trust God is a God who provides? And I wanna say, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're not sure that God even exists, I wanna let you in on a secret, okay? Even those of us that do, we have our moments where we're not quite sure whether God will provide or not. And so I think we're all on the same ground here today. We all have that underlying fear, that underlying concern Will we be okay? Will there be enough? Will there be provision? And so the theme today is this, trusting God in times of uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but haven't we lived in uncertain times for the last two or so years? It seems to be that we come out of one season of uncertainty into another season, into another season. And um, this series, we want to credit Life Church, Craig Rochelle's church, because this is their series that they give to the world. So we've been looking at this last few weeks and looking at some of their content, putting our own ideas in as well. We've looked at miracles of healing. We looked at miracles of deliverance. Last week, we looked at miracles of protection. Today, we're looking at the miracles of provision. And last week, we looked at the fact that sometimes God steps in and sometimes it appears that God doesn't. And we looked at Paul in prison when often God stepped in, but sometimes he didn't. And when he didn't, Paul wrote much of what we read in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And in one of those prison cells, he wrote these words, this verse in Philippians chapter four. And the same God who takes care of me will supply, how much? 
Sorry, sorry, I can't hear you in Hagley and Rowley. We'll supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. This is just such a great verse. And the same God who takes care of me. He's writing that from prison. What about incredible perspective? Will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Guys, there is a promise of provision. God says He will supply all your needs. He doesn't say He will supply all your wants. You see, we need food, but what we want is Michelin-starred restaurants. We need clothes, but what we want are designer brands. We need our rest, but what we want is a tropical holiday on a paradise island. We need shelter, but what we want is a house with granite tops and wooden floors and huge TVs and a three-car garage. Now, we can have all that stuff, and if you've got all that stuff, that's great. But God's promise is not for the provision of our wants, but for the provision of our needs. And there's kind of like a, a, an old kind of saying that's around in Christian circles, and it's this. Uh, when God guides, He provides. When God guides, He provides. In other words, when you're following God, when you're being led by God, He will provide what you need when you need it. And it's taken from, if you like, from Isaiah 58, another verse in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, where the, where the prophet says this, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs, there's that word again, in a sun-scorched land, and He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And I, guys, I know that right now there will be many of us here in this room and watching online, watching in our locations, and you'll be asking the question, Will He though? Will He though? Will He provide? And I'm not just talking about finances. Will He provide what I need for this season of my life? And when I think about us in, in, our, in our lives, we, we've been, um, say it's our wedding anniversary today, married just 334 years now. And um, this summer, we will have been together for 40 years. Can you believe that? That is just quite scary. And good, and good correcting myself there, okay. But when I look back over our life and our marriage together, God has provided in so many ways at so many times. And not just financially, but there's been provisions of cars when we couldn't have it. There was a provision of a house when, when we knew our kids were little, we desperately needed a garden. Simeon, our youngest son who's got complex special needs, desperately needed a garden. There was no way we could move. And God spoke to a friend of ours and that friend, uh, basically blessed us financially in such a way that we were able to move house through that provision. And then a few years later, when, when it got to the point when, when we were really struggling with Simeon so much that we knew we couldn't look after him and he couldn't be safe and we couldn't be safe. And we got to the point where, where, where we had to get help and where we had to say, look, you know, we're gonna have to put him into care. It was the hardest decision that we have ever made in our lives. And I remember being in the car with Alison and we were driving to um, Tips on the other side of Dudley. Okay, if you're watching online, you haven't got a clue where that is. It's okay. Um, and we were driving to a, a, a council provision. And in my head and in my heart, it was like, there's no way a child of mine is going to go into this place. And I was fighting against God. And as we got there, as we got out the door, we walked in through the room. The guy, the manager met us and he said, hello, Leon. It's been a long time since I've seen you. He used to come to this church. And it was almost like God tapping me on the shoulder saying, I've got this. I've got provision for you. 
And then just a few years later, he settled in really well there. Then when he got to be 18, um, they said, okay, he's 18 now, you need to find somewhere else. And we couldn't find anywhere. Eventually we found somewhere that we really wanted to go and we couldn't get in. And I remember being on a prayer walk with a, a bunch of pastors uh, at Merry Hill, the shopping centre, and we walked to the edge of the, of the boundary of the borough. And as we walked to the edge of the boundary of the borough, we literally stopped right here to pray at the edge of the borough. And I looked and opposite was the house that we wanted to get into. And I said to the guys, I told them the story and said, look, we can't get in here, would you pray? And we prayed and God miraculously opened the door and he's been there ever since. And I'm saying that because at some times in our life, you and I come to a point where we have to put this to the test. God, you say you're a miracle working God and you provide and he does. But often it's at that point when we need him. And even when he does provide, I don't know about you, but I've experienced this. When he does provide, and we're so grateful, great is your faithfulness. Then there comes another moment when we need him to provide again, and we've forgotten. And we've forgotten about that faithfulness, am I right? And it's almost like we need to go through the whole cycle again that we went through before. And what I wanna do today is I wanna, I wanna look at two stories in the Bible, and I'm gonna tell them rather than read them in the Scripture. They're quite well known. Some of you will have heard of at least one. And then I'm gonna draw out some lessons from them. The first story is a story of provision out of the life of Jesus. Jesus is talking to a bunch of people, a big crowd. In fact, the Bible records it as 5,000 men, probably around 20,000 people. He's talking all day long. They're all hungry and there's no food. Now, this miracle is important because this miracle is the only miracle of Jesus that occurs in all four Gospels. So there's gotta be something really unique about this. And then basically, you'll know the story, some of you, um, the, the, the disciples say, we need to feed these people. Uh, and Jesus says, what have you got? And then they find this, this little boy's packed lunch, five loaves and two fishes, and Jesus prays for it and blesses it and breaks it. And then in the hands of the 12 disciples, they begin to give it out and it multiplies and multiplies and all of the crowd are provided for and there's more left over. Miracle of provision. Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter four, prophet called Elisha comes across a widow, a lone parent with kids and they're in debt. And the creditor is coming to take her two boys as slaves. And she is at her wit's end, okay? And she says to Elisha, you gotta do something. And Elisha says, what do you have in your house? And she says, nothing except a little oil. So he says, well, go around and ask all your neighbours for all their empty jars. Don't ask for just a few, ask for loads. And then take the little bit of oil you've got and pour it away. Okay, I'll do that. And so she goes and does that. Can you imagine knocking on all your neighbours' doors and asking for all their pots and pans? And then you get the little bit of oil, the last oil you've got, and you pour it away. And as they pour it away, God miraculously provides and it multiplies and it multiplies. And not only is there enough for her and her family, there's enough for them to sell and bless the whole community. Those are two incredible stories of the miracles of provision. Let me just draw out some principles for us. Number one. In both stories, people had a very real need. In the one story, they just needed food. In another story, it was life and death. And the reason I think that's so important is that God is okay with the range of that, right? Maybe for some of you think, well, I do have a need, but it's not like life or death. You know, it's not like those guys in Ukraine. And so we tend to diminish it because we don't think it's that important. But God's okay with the big needs and the small needs. Both had a very real need. Nothing is too big or small for God. 
I don't know about what your need is today, but nothing is too big or small for God to be involved in. Number two, in both stories, people had something to give. You might think, but this is about miracles of provision. This isn't about what we've got to give. Oh, yes, it is. Because in the first story, the little boy had the lunch to give. In the second story, the widow had that little bit of oil. And God always seems to ask, what's in your hand and what's in your house? This is so so important. And in both stories, number three, the miracle of provision required faith. There was a faith that needed to be activated for the miracle of provision to almost come into being. It takes faith to give the little bit you've got in order to see God miraculously provide. Now, I'm not always saying that you've got to give something for God to give something. I'm not saying that. But there's something about the miracle of provision that where God's miraculous power joins with our ability to release faith. Old story I heard years and years ago. In fact, the very first message I ever preached, okay, was 2 Kings chapter 4. So I could speak on this for a long time. Preached it hundreds of times. But it's a story I used to use with that. And it's a story about a guy that was in the desert. And um, I don't know whether it was true or not, but it's a great preacher's story. And, uh, and he's in the desert and he's kind of dying. He's just got no water. And all of a sudden he comes across this well. And he gets under the well and he gets the handle of the well and he goes like that. And all that comes out is sand. And he thinks that's so cruel. He sits down in the sand and he's about to die. And then he sees a bottle of water sticking out of the sand. He takes it out, opens the lid, and he can almost smell and taste the water. And he's about to drink the water when he notices on the bottle that there's a, a, a label and written is this instruction. To whoever finds the bottle, pour it down the well. It will release the well. You can drink as much as you like and then fill it up for the next person. That is a crisis of faith, right? Does he take that little bit and take it for himself or does he put it beyond himself? Does he trust the writer of the label, and actually begin to activate, not just for himself, but for others. And what the woman does and what the little boy does is they give the little they've got into the hands of God and that requires faith. And I want to take a little bit of a look at the difference between fear and faith when it comes to provision and when it comes to giving. Let me just look on the screen. So you see, fear says this. Fear says, I don't have enough. Faith says God is more than enough. Fear says, what if I run out? Faith says, what can I give? Fear says this, I can't afford to give. Faith says, I can't afford not to give. Fear is a scarcity mindset. Faith is an abundance mindset. And I want you just to hold that and look at that. If you want to take a picture, do that. Because some of these contrasts are so, so important. And you know, if you're not a Christian, you might think, I don't understand what this is all about. You put your faith in lots of things all the time, in lots of people all the time. People you don't know, people you haven't investigated. What we're saying is that we're putting our faith in someone that we do know, that we have investigated, that we have checked out. But the challenge to put your faith in God is not a one-off experience. It's an everyday reality. You know, I don't know what you're waiting for in, or what you're looking for right now for God to provide. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's finance. Maybe it's friendship. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. I don't know what it is, but right now that test requires you to engage your faith. And when it comes to the whole idea of God giving to us, I think our giving is really, really important. How we view giving is linked to the 
provision as well. And let me just go with this a little bit, okay? You see, there's two things, that, two words that I think are really important, and there are these two words that are coming up next. Priority and percentage. Priority and percentage. Let me tell you a story. God, God really challenged us early on in our marriage around this whole thing of giving, okay? And I want to make sure I communicate this correctly. We were um, newly married, didn't have a lot of money, I really felt God speak to us about giving a hundred pounds to somebody, okay? We didn't really have a hundred pounds in that sense to give away, but we felt God say to do it, so we did it. And then just a few weeks later, we were on a, a Christian holiday speaking uh, at this holiday because we wouldn't have afforded to go. It was free because we were speaking. And at the end of the week, this couple that we got to know, who we still are in relationship with now, they came at the end of the week, older couple to us at the time, still are because that's how age works. Anyway, forget that. Just wanted, don't know why I corrected that. And they came and they gave us a check. Now, younger people, I'll explain what a check is later, okay? But they gave us a check. And I quickly looked at it and I thought, oh, that's amazing. That's 100 pounds. That's what we gave. We gave 100 pounds and they've given us 100 pounds back. Then I looked at it again and it wasn't 100, it was 1,000. And at the time, I remember almost feeling, wow, that's like... And then, now, now don't get carried away. I'm not saying when you give money, God will give you 10 times the amount. That's never happened since, all right? It was almost like a little bit of a, you give, I've got you covered. You get into the cycle of giving and trusting and God proves he's a miracle working God. How many of you know that's true? Just is. And this whole thing of priority and percentage is something that God sealed early on in our marriage. So for us, priority giving is we're going to give to God first, not last. That's why giving is so important. And for us, percentage giving, for us, we tie 10% of what we get income as a start. I'm not saying you have to do that, okay? You, you work it out yourself. But for us, priorities, I want to give to God first. Percentage is that that's, that's between you and God to work that out. But by giving that way, I'm saying that I trust God to meet my needs. Sometimes he doesn't meet it financially. He meets it in other ways. I look back over the last few years and there's been so many friendships and relationships that have come into my life and our life in these last few years that we think have been the miraculous provision of God for us. But to me, getting the priority and percentage giving is so important because that establishes a relationship of trust in the God who provides. And Number four, in both stories, God then miraculously provided. When did God multiply the loaves and the fishes? When did he do it? He did it as they gave, right? When did God multiply the oil? He did it as she poured. It was in the going, in the giving, in the pouring, in the releasing that God did the multiplying. And I love this verse from 2 Corinthians 9. And this is from the Passion Translation. It says this, The generous God who supplies abundancy for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First he supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Can I just say something here, just as an aside? It's not rich people who are generous. It's generous people who are generous. And I want to say to you, Life Central Church, and those of you watching online in locations, you guys are so generous. This week, we've sent off £26,000 to Ukraine fund. There's still more money coming in. That's your generosity. It's not because we're rich. It's because you're generous. Because it's not rich people that are generous. It's generous people that are generous. And when we're generous, God miraculously provides a really believe that. But let, let, me, let me caution you here, okay? 
because God miraculously provides, that's no excuse for us being negligent with what God has given us. Budgeting is spiritual. Budgeting is spiritual. Living within your means is essential. Putting God first, okay, is critical. It's so important. Budgeting is spiritual. Living within your means is sensible. Putting God first is absolutely essential. So, so important. But you know, the fifth principle, and I want to just dwell on this as we come into land, is this. In both stories, it was always about more than their need. It was always more than their need. You see, at the end of the, of the first story, when they feed the crowd, the Bible says there were 12 baskets left over. You know, at the end of the, of the widow's oil, when, when she gets all that oil, there's enough not just for them and their family, but for the whole community. Why were the 12 baskets left over at the end? One for each of the disciples, maybe. One to represent each of the tribes of Israel. Because this miracle is in all four Gospels, I think God is saying to Israel, I've got you covered. You trust me. You trust me. I've got you all covered. And I love the fact that this was always about more than just meeting their need. This was also about others. And I love this this phrase, one of my favourite quotes from a guy called Robert Morris. He said this, God doesn't bless us to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. And there's something that when we start to give, guys, when we start to give time, when we start to give finance, when we start to open up our homes, and we'll be doing that Alison, myself and the the team here, we're passionate about Ukraine um, uh, refugees, asylum seekers. Some of you have written to us saying you've got a room, you want to open it up. We're going to go there, okay? We're going to go there. We want to do it right. We want to do it well. We're going to take our time, okay? We're going to build relationships and partnerships. But we believe God has blessed us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. And as we give, we invite the miraculous provision of God And here's the thought I want to leave you with is this, the final thought. You might be a part of God's miracle provision. How many of you excited about that? In fact, you already are. We've sent loads of money to Ukraine. You already, through your giving and your generosity, are part of God's miracle provision. Right at the start of lockdown, um, 2020, I wrote to several people in the church and, and just emailed people and said, hey, could you pray about investing financially into our online ministry? And you guys gave £25,000 and we were able to do the online that we've been able to do. And there are people who've given their lives to Jesus who we've baptised and their first connection with us was the online ministry. You, when you gave, were part of God's miracle provision. Isn't that amazing? And when you give financially into the life of this church, we're able to reach kids. We're able to help the poor. We're able to help our overseas partners. We're able to to invest in other people because you are part of God's miracle provision. But I want to finish with one more story, one more story of provision. And this is maybe one of the hardest stories to understand in the whole Bible. And this is a story from the Old Testament from a guy called Abraham. And Abraham, the Bible says, was the father of faith. And one of the things about Abraham was he, him and his wife Sarah couldn't have any kids. And we recognise on Mother's Day that this is a painful season for many people. And Abraham and Sarah were in this season as well. Everybody else was having kids and they weren't. But then God miraculously stepped in and God provided a child, Isaac. And the headline over Abraham's life could have been 100-year-old man, father's a son. But that's not the headline. The headline over Abraham's life is he trusted God. 
And, and as Isaac grew to a teenager and God said to him one day, and this is really hard. If you're not a Christian, I'm going to give you some context. God said to him, take your one and only son, your miracle son, and sacrifice him on a mountain. Now, before you freak out, you've got to understand, Abraham didn't think twice about that because Abraham lived in a day when that was common. People all around him were sacrificing children. It was just what people did. And God is interjecting in human history and He's changing the trajectory. And He doesn't allow Him to do that. And He changes the whole trajectory. So in the context of the day, it makes sense, okay? Not in our context, but in theirs, it makes sense. And Abraham heads out with Isaac and they say, we're going to worship, then we're going to come back. That's crazy to me that he wouldn't say that. They go up the mountain and up the mountain, something amazing happens and God provides. And it's not the sacrifice bit I want you to focus on. It's the provision of God that happens up the mountain. This is what the Bible says. We're going to read it. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And what's really powerful about this, on the mountain of the Lord, it'll be provided, is that he said at the start of the chapter, go to the, to the mountain in the region of Moriah, Mount Moriah. And they reckon that that was where Solomon built the temple. And they reckon scholars that that's where Jesus hung on the cross. You see, for Abraham, the provision was a ram. For us, the provision on the mountain is a lamb. And the ultimate provision for you and for me is Jesus. Isn't that right? And so when I face my challenges financially, or my challenges relationally, or my challenges with a home, and your challenges for provision, and we're saying, God, God, will you provide? We need to remember that the Lord will provide. He provided a ram for Abraham, but for us, He's provided Jesus. The Lord will provide. And guys, I don't know what for you is the provision that you need right now, but I do know that because of what God has done by sending Jesus, His one and only Son, to die in our place, to be the love of God for us, it means that you and I can trust in this God together. So I want to invite you to stand with me this morning. And if you're in locations as well, why don't you stand as well? And I don't know whether you need provision right now. Maybe you do. Maybe you need provision right now. Maybe there's a miracle that you need in your life. But I want you to come up the mountain with me for a moment. Is that all right? Maybe let's just close our eyes. Come up the mountain just for a moment. And you're looking around like Abraham. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going to happen here? Here's, you know, how, how am I going to trust you, God, in this situation? And there he sees that ram. The Lord will provide. God has provided for us ultimately in His Son, Jesus. We can trust Him. We can trust Him with our one and only life. We can trust Him with our family. We can trust Him with our finances. We can trust Him with our futures. We can trust Him with our jobs. We can trust Him with our relationship. We can trust Him when He steps in and when He doesn't. We can trust Him. 
So I want to pray for you right now. And maybe there's some of you here in this room or watching online or in our locations and you need the miraculous provision of God right now. And I want to invite you to do something with me as an act of faith. I want you just to put your hands out in front of you because you're just saying, my hands are open. My, I need you, God. I need you, God. Would you provide? The Lord will provide. And Father, I want to pray for people as they are outstretched hands before you today. And I pray, Jesus, that the God of heaven, the God who provided that lamb, that ram in the thicket and that lamb on the cross, that you, God, would provide what we need. Not maybe what we want, but provide what we need. And God, I pray that we would trust you in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we release, we release that fear, we release that anxiety, we release that worry and we say, God, we trust you. We trust you today and we trust you for tomorrow. Lord, thank you for your provision. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Father, I pray that God, as we worship you now, as we worship you because of your goodness, as we worship you for your goodness, as we worship you for your provision, the provision of Jesus, God, may you fill us again with faith to believe that you are the miracle working God, not just in the big things, but in the small things. We receive in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I just sense in my spirit that there's many of you, and I feel like you're almost at the crossroads, and you're at a crossroads, and you're kind of stopped at the crossroads, and you don't know which way to go, but the next decision that you make is really crucial. And in that stopping at the crossroads, I think what you're doing is you're looking at all the different roads and you're saying, I can't see what's there and I can't see what's there and I can't see what's there. And it's almost paralysing you. And I feel God saying to you, don't look there, just look there. Just allow the Word of God to shine a light on your next step. And when you walk in your next step, He'll light up the path. The Bible says your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So don't be paralysed through that. Shall I go this way? Shall I go that way? Take the next right step and God will provide for you. Guys, we're gonna worship Jesus together and we're gonna sing this incredible song that we love so much here in this church about the goodness of God. And as we sing this song, I wanna invite you, whether you're a Christian or not, to take a step towards God in faith. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we'd love to talk to you about what that can mean and what that can be in your life as well. And at the end of our service, if any of you need someone to pray with you and for you, maybe a miracle of healing, maybe of deliverance, of protection or provision. There's a prayer team out there. We'd love to spend some time praying with you and for you. But right now, let's lift up our voices and let's worship God for His goodness to us. Thanks, guys.